The term bioidentical hormone therapy usually refers to compounds that have the same chemical and molecular structure as hormones that are produced in the body. Bioidentical hormones do not have to be custom compounded or custom mixed. There are many well-tested FDA-approved hormone therapy products that meet this definition and are commercially available from retail pharmacies. So what does this mean to us as clinicians? And what does this mean to our patients? This is ReachMD, and I am your host, Dr. Renee Allen. And with me today is Dr. Jocelyn Slaughter, board-certified practicing OBGYN in private practice at Harris Healthcare for Women and attending physician at Clairview Regional Medical Center and Eastside Medical Center in Georgia. Dr. Slaughter, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you, Renee. I'm so happy to be here again. So, Jocelyn, we're going to be discussing bioidentical hormones today. I'm very excited about discussing this topic, especially in light of the fact that the celebrity Suzanne Summers really brought this term to light a number of years ago. And I think that this has really taken off amongst women who are postmenopausal or perimenopausal. So can you discuss what is the difference between bioidentical hormones and traditional hormones? Sure. This is a topic that a lot of physicians aren't very familiar with. During our training in medical school and residency, we didn't really go through the differences of types of hormones, just more so the effect of hormones or the risk associated. However, patients now, as you said, are becoming very interested in bioidentical hormones. Traditional hormones that we give patients are synthetically made, like a biochemist will actually go into a laboratory and design hormones that are molecularly identical to the hormones we produce in our body, or traditional hormones were derived specifically for estrogen-related hormones from pregnant horse urine, which is, comes as a surprise to many people that that was one of the main ways that we were able to make hormones for people. So those are the main two ways that we did this. And most of the hormones today that physicians prescribed were either synthetic or what the conjugated equine estrogens, which are, again, the hormones derived from pregnant horse's urine. The hormones we use today are either these or a combination of these. Those are the traditional hormones. Bioidentical hormones are hormones that are made from plant or soy-based compounds and are manufactured still in a laboratory, but they're not derived from synthetic means or from animal-based means. What are bioidentical hormones used for? Gynecologists um, and people who treat women primarily use bioidentical hormones for the same reason that they use traditional hormones. The most common are menopausal or perimenopausal symptoms, including hot flashes, vaginal dryness, and some people also use them for low sex drive associated with vaginal dryness and hot flashes. So many women use bioidentical hormones to help ease them through the change of life once they reach between the ages of 40 and 60 years old. Um, that's the majority of what people are using it for. However, there are many other bioidentical hormones out there. Some people have also been using them, testosterone-based bioidentical hormones that are in production. However, the majority of them are used, again, for the estrogen-similar compounds. 
Jocelyn, are bioidentical hormones safe, and how are they compared to traditional hormones with regards to their safety? Safety is a big concern, and many people feel that if a hormone is plant or soy-based, that it's safer than one that's synthetically made. That actually is not true. Bioidentical hormones and traditional hormones all carry the same risk that hormones carry. For instance, a slight increased risk of breast cancer. They also carry all the other associated risks with estrogen as far as issues with people who may have other medical problems like heavy smoking, coronary artery disease. Anytime you use any type of estrogen, the risks have to be associated with them. So bioidentical hormones and traditional hormones carry the same risk. The thought or advantage is that because they are naturally occurring, that our bodies react better to them and are absorbed better and are better for us. However, as physicians and Food and Drug Association, we do not compare them as safer than traditional synthetic estrogen. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to Reach MD, and I am your host, Dr. Renee Allen, and it is my pleasure to be speaking with Dr. Jocelyn Slaughter-Moore, and we are discussing bioidentical hormones today. Jocelyn, the first half of the interview, you were very clear to discuss the difference between bioidentical hormones and compared those to traditional hormones. And then you clearly outlined what they're used for, and you talked a little bit about their safety. Can you now discuss um, if a patient, having gone through all of the risks and benefits of bioidentical hormones and have decided that this is the route that they want to use with regards to managing their postmenopausal symptoms, how do they pay for them? Are they covered by insurance? Are they not? There are some bioidentical hormones that are covered by some insurance, usually commercial insurance. The traditional government-funded insurances like Medicaid and some Medicare do not cover the bioidentical hormones. However, many are FDA-approved and portions of them may be covered. However, at this moment, there are no generic equivalents for the bioidentical hormones, as in they're branded and they don't have a generic equivalent. So they tend to be expensive. However, there are some pharmacies um, that are not traditional pharmacies that can actually manufacture these plant-based hormones. And some of the pharmacies also don't require official prescription from physician. Also, some of these medications can be purchased without a physician's prescription for some of the bioidentical hormones. So there are ways if your insurance company will not pay for this that you would be able to obtain these. But again, it should be monitored by a physician. If your patient is taking one of these medications, you should know exactly what it is to make sure there's no interactions with their medication. You talked about the fact that they tend not to be covered by the majority of insurance plans and definitely not, I think you said, by Medicaid and Medicare. And you discussed the fact that they are expensive. On average, do you have an estimate as to how much this would cost a patient? I've actually prescribed some bioidentical hormones for my patients. The ones that are on the market as brand FDA approved, those traditionally will cost somewhere between $50 and $200 for a monthly prescription. I've also prescribed some bioidentical hormones for patients where the brand of the bioidentical hormone was very expensive, about $200 a month. 
This was actually for a patient who needed a vaginal progesterone, and the micronized version of progesterone is actually bioidentical. And there are compounding pharmacies that will have a natural vaginal cream that they can provide and manufacture at the physician or the patient's desire. That actually was a little bit cheaper, about $100 a month. Again, it's still very expensive, but there are ways to reduce the cost some. With regards to traditional hormones, there are different forms in which a patient can have those medications delivered to them. Pill form, cream, lotion, patch. Can you discuss how, with regards to bioidentical hormones, what are the different forms that the patient can have that medication um, delivered? Yes, they're actually, the bioidentical hormones are in every form as traditional hormones. There is most common one that a lot of women use is estrace, and that's a pill. There are several patches of bioidentical estrogen hormone. One of the most common that I recall is Primara. There's also gel, which is a transdermal gel. It is absorbed in the skin along with the cream. And there's also a ring that a woman can place into their vagina called the E-string. So there are several different types of methods of absorbing the bioidentical hormones. Who should not get bioidentical hormones? Who would this not be the ideal management course for their menopausal symptoms? Anybody who is not a candidate for regular uh, hormone therapy or that if you're a physician or your provider and you're reluctant to give them a regular estrogen, do not opt to give them a bioidentical estrogen. It's not any safer. So this would be a woman with history of active breast cancer, any type of liver um, instability because most of these hormones are metabolized in the liver, anyone that's not compliant, anyone that has severe coronary artery disease, biliary disease. So those would be not a candidate. Is there any difference in management and follow-up with regards to patients that you would prescribe a bioidentical hormone as opposed to traditional hormones? How do you handle this or navigate this in your practice? Most physicians who prescribe any type of hormone for patients usually measure the response rate by just the patient's clinical determination if they feel that the drug is working, if they feel better, have less symptoms. The one thing about bioidentical hormones that is now becoming a topic is that they're able to measure the actual amount of hormones through some saliva testing. And that is one of the very exciting things that is coming about with bioidentical hormones is that they may actually be easier to regulate and titrate versus the traditional hormones. Again, this testing is not very standardized at this moment, and many labs don't offer it. But for the most part, you should see your patient at least every three months while on these medications to make sure that their other health maintenance things are done, that their blood pressure is normal, that they've had follow-up for breast examinations and mammograms. Earlier you touched on a point that in our traditional training as OBGYNs in residency that we do not learn about bioidentical hormones, and that's true. I can speak for myself. In my residency training, I did not learn about this as an option. Now that I'm so many years outside of residency, I'm very interested in this 
as a treatment option for my patients. So how is it that someone like myself who is not in training, or even if I am in training and I'm interested in this course of therapy, how do we learn more about this so that we can offer this as an option to our patients? Most residency training, the patients usually don't have commercial insurance, so we would not even be an option for the majority of the patients that residents would traditionally see. But it is important for physicians in training to learn all the options because they will be presented soon after graduation and most will feel off guard like they don't understand. There are articles that the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology have put out about bioidentical hormones with no specific recommendation, but just with information. So if you're an obstetrician gynecologist getting information from our organization about these medications, there are also courses that they will have that are worth credits for continuing medical education. If you want to have, get more information on bioidentical hormones, obviously going to literature, um, asking other physicians. It's a very interesting topic. Um, it does take some time to really understand and explain to patients. Just as an anecdote, I had a patient recently who didn't want the um, primer and preparations because of she believed, and there's been some discussion about the treatment of horses who the collection of urine is received from. Some of the standardized practices may not be as animal friendly, and so some patients don't want to go down that route because they, they don't want any medication that's been derived from an animal because they feel that the collection was inhumane. So just that's bringing up another topic of people becoming more aware socially and may not want to get the traditional medications. Justin, you're very knowledgeable about this particular topic, and I'm very lucky to have you on as a guest. What is your personal management style with regards to bioidentical hormones versus traditional hormones for your patients? Do you tend to see that you're leaning towards one towards the, or as opposed to the other, or how do you navigate as to which form of therapy you should be giving your particular patient? Well, I feel like I'm still a pretty young doctor. <laughs> I am still experimenting with my patients to see which formulas and medication that they're comfortable with. Traditionally, right now, I'm most comfortable prescribing synthetic and the um, equine estrogen compounds of hormone therapy, but I am becoming more comfortable with the bioidentical hormones. Unfortunately, a patient's um, financial situation is extremely important in deciding on which hormone to, to give a patient. Also, most physicians lean toward what they know. So I do usually sometimes start with offer a patient a traditional medication, of course, finding out what their medical history is. And if patients are interested, I do tell them about bioidentical hormones and that they, they are an option also. Taking into consideration patients' financial, medical history, and what their ideology is on medications. In our final moments of the interview, Jocelyn, is there any other further information that you feel that our ReachMD listeners would benefit from with regards to bioidentical hormones? Or do you see anything or foresee anything that's exciting in you and upcoming in research with regards to bioidentical hormones? As clinicians, we need to be aware that medicine is changing constantly. It's a constant change. And so bioidentical hormones are here and they're here to stay. So physicians should accept them, should learn about them, 
And if patients ask about them, don't shrug them off and say this is things that are not really tested because they are tested. So be aware, be considerate and compassionate when a patient does approach you um, requesting that information. If you don't know everything about it, just tell the patient. Tell the patient that you are going to research that. I think the most exciting thing to me as a physician about bioidentical hormones is the testing, is being able to really truly test someone to see if the medication is working rather than just getting a clinical or subjective find. We may be able to find out objectively if these medications are helping. So that's to me the most exciting thing and I feel that it's possible that bioidentical hormones may overtake the traditional hormones at some point because patients are getting response with them. Dr. Jocelyn Slaughter, thank you so much for joining us today and discussing the exciting topic about bioidentical hormones as an alternative treatment option for women experiencing menopausal symptoms. Thank you so much. Thank you. I am your host, Dr. Renee Allen. To download this podcast and others in this series, please visit reachmd.com. We encourage you to like, share, and comment on this episode. Thank you for listening to ReachMD. Be part of the knowledge.